Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hey everybody, welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR, your host David Gill here. Hope everybody is having a fantastic week as always, I certainly am. This week we are talking about India, the nation that has been growing at a pace like no other and now they're reaching a tipping point. You know, they're reaching this point where They now have a middle class and a strong consumer base that's hungry for all the same products and luxuries that, you know, their neighbor China has or is beginning to have and all the luxuries and products that we have in the West. And because we've reached this tipping point and because there are over a billion customers at stake, companies big and small, by the way, are going all in and preparing to go to war over India. So I'm going to look at some of the different sectors that are uh, currently in a fierce battle over the Indian consumer. I think this will be uh, pretty interesting. But anyways, before I get into that, I just wanted to say my podcast from last week, I got a lot of great feedback from you guys. A lot of you said that it was very useful. Um, It was a essentially rundown of all of the uh, major digital marketing platforms. Uh, I gave up pros, pros and cons f- uh, for each Facebook, Google, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, a few others, Instagram. Um, and gave I gave pros and cons of each and my grades on each. It was an updated version for 2018 because digital marketing is constantly changing And that could be different, uh, what I said in that podcast, six months from now. But as of right now, as someone who's, you know, in the day-to-day of marketing, that's how I see each platform. A lot of people uh, very much enjoyed it. So if you're into marketing at all or you want to learn more about digital marketing, I strongly recommend you go and listen to that podcast. You can just scroll back in the podcast feed. Anyways, let's get into the war over India. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. All right, we're going to start with two familiar companies for everyone in the West Amazon versus Walmart. These two companies, they're not just fighting in the US or in Europe or wherever, they are fighting in India too. Uh, for the massive consumer base of India. They're trying to both be the e-commerce giants of India, just like they're trying to be the e-commerce giants, or just like they are in the e-commerce giants of the United States and a lot of Europe. So Walmart bought a 77% stake in Flipkart. Flipkart is basically the Amazon of India. It's the biggest um, e-commerce uh, Indian-based e-commerce company. Uh, they bought a 77% stake for $16 billion last week, and Amazon very quickly responded by buying a 49% stake in the more uh, supermarket chain. It's called More Stores. More. Um, so they bought a 49% stake in the supermarket chain, and that the chain has about 500 stores in India. 
The deal is going to cost Amazon about $25 billion, though. That's more than what they paid to acquire the entirety of Whole Foods. I almost said the whole of Whole Foods. Maybe I should have said it. Maybe it would have been funnier. The whole of Whole Foods. Anyways, they're, they're spending $25 billion to acquire 50% of this Indian supermarket chain. Um, and what I expect Amazon to do, honestly... Um, is what they kind of started to do with Whole Foods, but almost more in India. Uh, and it's basically offering same-day delivery to those within range of the stores, right? Because that's like going to give them a strategic advantage over Flipkart in the massive grocery sector. Um, so if you buy groceries on Amazon.com in India, and you live in one of the major cities that has a more store in it, then you can get same-day delivery. If they can do that, they can obviously bring in a ton of customers into the Amazon ecosystem, right? It starts with groceries, and then hopefully they can expand it into other products as well. So that was their their quick counter. I mean, it happened, like, I don't know if it was necessarily in response, but it was this announcement of Walmart going all in on Flipkart, and then just a few days later, you know, Amazon one-ups them and says, okay, you spent $16 billion? Well, how about we just drop 25 bills and see how you react? Uh, Amazon is already doing very well in India, though. They had over $11 billion in revenue in 2017. That was estimated to be about 30% of India's uh, total e-commerce market so they have about 30 percent market share obviously they want to have much more than that um and the total market you know was only basically about 35 billion last year uh in india that number is expected to grow a ton over the next few years expect 100 that number to go into the hundreds of billions very soon so Obviously, there is a lot at stake here, but you can definitely expect Amazon and Walmart to be fighting all over the globe, and especially in India, just like they already fight at home. All right, India's smartphone wars. I've touched on this a bit before, but I'll go a little more in depth now. So in India, Samsung was the biggest player for a while but now in the past year they are no longer the best selling they're they no longer have the best selling phones in india they're now a close second so they're still up there uh, but they're a close second to china's xiaomi the it's spelled x-i-a-o-m-i anyways this is a massive uh chinese electronics company and that company is now in the lead in India. Both companies have accommodated for consumer demands. That's the main reason why they are able to, you know, have the majority market share. They they com their combined market share is about fifty six percent. So over half of all India's smartphones are either Samsung or Xiaomi. Um, but they've accommodated to consumer demands in India, which is is why they've been so successful. So those demands are interchangeable SIM cards because in India. Uh, there's many, many carriers, and they're constantly competing on price. So the Indian consumer wants to quickly be able to jump ship from, you know, one telecom company to another if they get a better price. Unlike in the U.S., where you pretty much are locked into Verizon or AT&T or whoever you have. In India, uh, people change all the time. Uh, the other thing is bigger screens and advanced hardware. So many in India don't own a computer but have a phone 
and because of this phones need to be able to act kind of like workstations for a lot of you know a lot of people in india don't just have a regular job i mean they'll have a regular job but they'll have some type of side hustle some type of freelance work whatever on the side and then obviously these phones need to work as entertainment centers too um so if you can create a phone that is powerful enough to get worked on and act as almost like a workstation and an entertainment center then you are going to win the masses in india because most of them don't have computers and don't really plan on getting computers unless they have specific work that needs to be done on one um and that's and that's why samsung and xiaomi have succeeded because they've met those criteria right they they have phones that are very powerful as far as hardware goes to meet the workstation part and then they have big screens um to match the entertainment center part obviously also pricing is a big deal they've accommodated for the pricing as well now this is where apple has failed or at least decided that they don't want to decrease their price um they've pretty much priced themselves out of the market so far they only have about one percent market share in india which is nothing but the reason is because only the top two or three percent of all people in india can actually afford a thousand dollar or more phone you know it's kind of the equivalent to instead of in the US uh, the iPhone you know the iPhone's $1000 so yeah it's expensive but you know a lot of people in the US can afford a $1000 phone but it would kind of be the equivalent of uh the iPhone being like 3 grand if the iPhone was 3 grand very few people one would even be able to afford it but two would even want to buy it because even if you could afford it you would say why would i spend three grand on this phone when i can get another phone that's very similar for a lower price so when you have for example xiaomi which most of their phones are in the 400 to 600 dollar range why would you go out and spend a thousand dollars on an iphone um if you don't see that huge of a difference right now maybe if the xiaomi was eight hundred dollars versus the thousand dollar iphone then i could see apple competing but when they're you know often double or more the price of the other phones on the market listen i love iphones and i've used android before and i much prefer iphones but if you told me that the iphone was three grand and i can get a samsung for you know what 800 bucks or something I would probably go with a Samsung. So I very much understand the plight of the Indian people when it comes to iPhones. So basically, unless you are very wealthy and willing to just throw away some money on an iPhone in India, uh, no one has them. That's pretty much it. Now, the other interesting factor, and I talked about this company, um, I think two weeks ago, Huawei is, I believe how you pronounce it, Huawei. Um, they are another major smartphone player and they've entered the market in india too now they are very far behind xiaomi and samsung but they have tripled their sales in 2018 compared to 2017 so far and they will be making a heavy push to catch up to xiaomi and samsung they have met all the criteria that i've said very powerful hardware big screens and low prices i believe they have a 400 unit uh, that is being sold and that is the reason why that meets, meets all those criteria and that's the reason why their sales have tripled in india over the past year and i'm very certain that they will catch up so to me in india uh it's kind of a two-horse race between samsung and xiaomi and then 
Huawei is kind of the dark horse that could enter the mix. There are a few other companies. Um, there's Vivo and Oppo, OPPO, uh, but most of those, you know, they don't have much market share, and in fact, their market share is shrinking. So it's it very much is kind of a two or three horse race and then on the luxury end you have the iphone for people who can afford it whether apple will lower their prices and make a cheaper phone for india we'll see but there hasn't really been any evidence that they're going to do that so far but maybe they will so anyways smartphone wars are heating up lots of competition as is the same for pretty much every market in india right now all right the last market that i wanted to talk about the third one um is ride sharing this is one that uh is very cutthroat everywhere in the world but in india even more so the two biggest competitors in india are one uber obviously you know uber is the biggest in the world still and they're very big in india as well and then they're competing with a company called ola o-l-a um, these two companies control 95% of the ride-sharing markets in India, but Ola is taking off. They're very much gaining ground and, um, you know, distancing themselves from Uber. So Uber at one point had the lead, the majority market share in India, and now Ola has surpassed them and is very much uh, leading, has a comfortable lead. They have about 55% market share compared to Uber's 40% market share. So they are the preferred ride-sharing app for the Indian people. Now, Ola has the advantage that they are in more cities and they have and they offer more things that Uber doesn't. So what they offer is what which is very smart is ordering rides over text message rather than just through the app because in india while they've developed a lot they still have spotty internet connection and uh especially when you're not at home on wi-fi uh if you have to go out and use data a lot of times you know this is, there's a reason why people switch telecom companies all the time like i said because the service is always not super great so the data you don't always have very good connection and so if you need to order a ride but you don't have internet connection you can over order over tech with ola you cannot do that with uber so very smart of them to do that on their part the other thing that ola offers um they're in more cities as i said but also they have those um i forget what they're called the bicycle car things you know where it's like a guy on a bike and then there's a little cart behind and you can fit like two people behind it i think you know what i'm talking about um so they offer those as ride options in addition to regular cars uh, uber does not offer that uber only offers cars and those are much uh, faster and cheaper for shorter distances in big cities. If you've never seen Indian traffic, uh, well, you know, it's a country of 1.4 billion people. So you can probably imagine how bad the traffic is. Um, and they don't have nearly the infrastructure that the US or Europe or any developed country has as far as uh, roadways and highways and all that. So in big cities in India, you know, it can often take 30 minutes to move just a couple miles so if you have one of those little bicycle carts um, you can go much faster and much cheaper and obviously a lot of people in big cities are going to choose that over cars and so if you want that you have to choose ola as well so yet another thing that ola offers that accommodates specifically to india that uber does not and then the third thing that uber has finally 
started doing, but it took them two years, um, was took cash as payment because, um, you know, Uber only used to take payment through their app, just like in the US, they only take payment through their app. In India, it was only through the app, but a lot of people in India, as like I said, they're becoming more and more developed, but a lot of them still do not have bank accounts or credit cards or a lot of the online payment methods that are common in the Western world. And so Ola knew this and started taking cash two years before Uber did. And then Uber finally realized, hey, we need to start taking cash because we're losing a lot of customers because of this. But because it took two years, they certainly lost a lot of users to Ola in that time that it took for them to realize their mistake. So with Uber, you know, the challenge for them is that they're fighting a battle on a dozen fronts right now, right? They're fighting Lyft in uh, North America and Europe. They're fighting, actually, Ola is moving a bit into Australia, but they're also fighting other companies in Australia. Uh, and then besides fighting competitors, they're also fighting regulators in New York City. They're having lots of trouble. They've had trouble in Austin. They've had trouble in the UK. They've had trouble in Paris. I know right now there's big strikes going on in Madrid, Spain. I mean, they're fighting regulation on all fronts you know lawyers are not cheap and they're lawyering up all over the world trying to fight these things on top of trying to compete and they're just burning cash i've talked about this many times so they're they're you know it, it's 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 difficult to fight on many fronts meanwhile ola can basically put all of their resources into capturing one market the indian market and they can focus on accommodating just to the Indian market very much how they have that's why they had they have so many features that are unique to India because they're able to completely focus on India while Uber has very much a scattered focus so I would expect Ola to continue to gain share especially as Uber doesn't look like they're going to be pouring as much money into india as they previously were um it looks like i don't think they're gonna go away i'm sure uber will still have a presence in india but i would not be surprised if ola's market share went from 55 to 60 65 or more basically i i would i would believe it if if in a couple of years from now you know two out of three uh taxi rides in india were from ola so yeah i mean uber it's gonna be tough for them but yeah, this is another intense battle. Looks like Ola's winning. There's not really any other competitors in the market. Lyft has not entered the market, and there were a few other Indian startups, but Ola has pretty much crushed them all and has much more funding at this point. And in a game where it's very much who has more money to last longer, the company like Ola that has billions in funding is going to win. So anyways, that's my rundown on some of the Indian markets that are being heavily fought over and these are big companies I'm talking about obviously because everybody knows them but this is the same for small companies alike and hey if you have a consumer business maybe you should consider looking into possibly uh, investing some time into India and trying to capture some of the Indian market because like I said 1.4 billion new consumers that now have money at stake it's time for the news. All right, there's only one bit of news today, and that is that Slack, the uh, business chat company, raised $427 million in their Series 
H, yes, Series H, at a $7.1 billion valuation. I don't think I've heard of a Series H before. I mean, I'm sure they've happened, but, you know, no, it's not a Series B, Series C, Series D. No, 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 it's a Series H. You'd think at some point, you know, you'd say, okay, guys, we keep having to raise money. Maybe we should just go public? I don't know. Uh, up to them, I guess, but yes, yeah, Series H, I don't know. I think maybe it's time to go public. $7.1 billion valuation. Obviously, I talked a few weeks ago. They took out uh, one of their biggest competitors in HipChat with their uh, uh, partnership with Atl Atlassian. Um, and so now they're very much just competing with Microsoft Teams. I'm sure that's one of the reasons why they raised money is so that they can uh, spend in order to compete with Microsoft Teams. So anyways, as of right now, Slack is still the major player. They are the leading um, product in the business chat space, but I would not be surprised if other competitors were able to catch up to them soon. So yeah, Slack, go public. Come on, what's with the Series H crap? Let, let the public get in on your uh, company too. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy this podcast, I would very much appreciate it if you could leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Uh, it really helps us out. You know, we don't have any ads. All I ask is that you leave a review. And if you do leave a review, you might as well share the podcast too, right? Just with one person who you think would also maybe want to give this a listen. Maybe someone who you think has a business that should look into uh, going into India. You say, hey, man, or hey girl, you could get super rich if you went into India. Look at all these companies fighting over India. You should do the same. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I will see you on Friday with my weekly roundup. Goodbye.